0: This is Andrew Riggi of the New York City Hospitality Alliance, and we have taken the Hospitality and Politics podcast to video, where we're talking with interesting people about important topics. Today, I'm here with an old friend, Mr. Glenn Cobin, the founder of Glenn & Company, which is an award-winning New York City-based architecture, interior design, and branding agency. Hello, Glenn.
1: Hello, Andrew. Thank you for having me this morning.
0: Ah, Thanks for being here. So my first question is, we are in June. The city began shutting down related to the coronavirus back in
1: March. So what have you been up to? Well, uh, first of all, before I answer that question, I want to thank you because of your efforts and the Alliance's uh, efforts you know, it, 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 keeps us in touch. It keeps the community. It, it, it really is about community. The hospitality world is really, uh, an amazing family and it's a community of people and you've, you're our glue. Uh, so right. while I'm on the outside of it in terms of the operations and the day-to-day restaurants, many of my clients do rely upon what you've been doing. Well, they relied upon you before, uh, but even now more so now. So, um, If I'm wearing a hat, I would take it off and say, my hat is off to you. You've been very, very busy. We all thank you for your continued efforts to give us a voice and give the community a voice.
0: I appreciate Um, your kind words. We've been, uh, our team's been working hard and around the clock. So thank you.
1: Right. Um, You know, some of the, what I've been doing is I've, um, since uh, the second week of March, I guess, will, my team has been working remote. We've, we've. Uh, I can't say we've mastered it because as architects and designers, we, we rely upon collaboration. We have many different tools at our disposal to be able to uh, work across different platforms. But the day-to-day, the new, I talk about, you know, when I'm asked questions, like, what do you miss most? And I, and I go back to that movie Diner where um, uh, I forget the actor's name, but he said, I miss nuance. So I miss the nuance of conversations and, the, the body language and the idea that even if we're wearing a mask and you can tell when someone's smiling, but you can't tell when they're, when they're frowning. Um, and I think that a lot of, a lot of what I've been doing is, is really listening to clients and listening to people and listening to podcasts and listening to webinars um, because I don't have the answers. And I think as, as what we do as, again, as architects and designers, we're focused on a process which is about solving problems and using design as the, as, as our tool to solve a problem. Um, and my organization relies upon collaboration. So I can't, it, I've never done a restaurant where someone said, just tell me what it should look like. We are all about, and I'm in Gabrielle Kreuther restaurant, uh, virtually here. Um, which is all about Chef, and it's about his heritage, and it's his, his history of growing up in Alsace and um, the, the the traditions of the region as interpreted and reinterpreted. And I think that the important thing today is, is to not jump to a conclusion as much as it is to listen and uh, really try and formulate a series of opinions that may help us as we emerge, but we certainly don't have a solution. Like someone said, well, a client said, I just need to reduce my occupancy by 50%. And I'm like, dude, that's not the right math. I mean, if you take six feet apart, it's not 50% reduction. It's more like a 70% reduction or a seventy sixty-five to 70% reduction. That math just doesn't work. So You know, it's it's really about listening and then kind of trying to aid them in how to become enact best practices right now. So So that's long long answer. Yeah, no,
0: no. So that's that's an interesting point. You know, there is so much talk about how is the coronavirus going to impact the future of restaurant architecture and design. Clearly, there's going to be some immediate changes due to occupancy reductions and social distancing requirements. Um, But what do you see right now? Do you think that it's going to change permanently? Or are we just going to be making some modifications to comply with the
1: regulations uh, while we're in the midst of recovery? Well, again, I I, I don't have a crystal ball. Um, so I don't know what it's going to be like. you know when we have a viable vaccine, will we want to go back to normal? and Andrew, you and I uh, have paralleled each other for a few years. Um, we have never experienced anything like this. the massive closure of every single industry essentially, um, people staying at home. but we there are some valuable lessons that we learned in, after nine eleven and two thousand and nine. Uh, and then we also learned a little bit during Sandy, right? When every when restaurants did shut down, um, and policy began to change. But from a design perspective, you know, look, I after those incidents happened and we had downturns, the hospitality community came together and gave. It was all about giving a hug. It was about embracing the guest. How do we do that in the short term? And how will it look what will it look like in the long term in terms of the hospitality experience we go out to be in a community to be with people to be surrounded by people now um, we swerved away after 911 and after 2009 we swerved away from fine dining and we went to smaller restaurants that were really about giving people tight, tightly packing them in um, communal tables so I think we'll see a lot of that go away. Will we see fine dining making a reemergence? Probably not um, in the long term, but in the short term you'll see because of social distancing, you'll see an evolution towards that amount of physical space that if you look at the spacing of the tables behind me right now, I mean, they're pretty far apart. Uh, So you know, fine dining may, and I don't want it to sound like, um, you know, it's completely aspirational and it's it's about 2%. Um, it's, restaurants will, at, in the short term, look like fine dining restaurants, maybe not with tablecloths, but based upon spacing. I do want to say one thing, though. I live up in Westchester, and my wife and I went up to Greenwich, Connecticut to uh, pick up uh, food, uh, some takeout food, and what they did on Greenwich Avenue is something that you have been advocating for and I absolutely love. You know, and we need to see changes in policy in terms of occupant, obviously occupancy and regulations on how we file our jobs with Department of Buildings. Uh, you know, the over 75 occupants for the place of assembly and then the regulation in terms of sidewalk cafes. And I know you've been pushing for the idea of extending restaurants out into the street go up to Greenwich they've done an amazing job with closing down a pretty big chunk of the street but they've also where they don't close down the street they've they have um, taken over parking spaces directly in front of restaurants and have built barriers so that cars can still pass by but they can't park there and they've and it and it looks like such a great I mean obviously we've got nice weather right now um, but it's a great reaction to the immediate issue of spreading people out, but still remaining that they're not, they're far apart, the tables are far apart. But there was definitely a sense of of um, a community of a being in a restaurant. So and people were smiling, and all the tables were full. And it was just so absolutely encouraging to see that going on up there. Yeah, well, that's
0: one, one of a the pretty things- good yeah. I was gonna say, that's one of the things that I think is so important about outdoor dining is terrific. We have the support of the city council, Mayor de Blasio's come out and support the department of transportation has also put out some proposals. So not only is it important for the economy and getting businesses open and people back to work and sales tax being generated to help fund our essential services, right. but it's also really important, like you said, to get people out and about to get some sort of socialization happening because people have been cooped up they want to see right. their friends they want to see their families and if we can have an organized structure to the greatest degree where people can go out and eat and drink at least in a safe way and businesses have the guidance of saying listen when you reopen this is what you have to do and this is how you have to do it um right. i think right. it's right. really important so but lastly i just want to ask you you know you mentioned your your clients earlier. So they're calling you up. They're probably asking about, you know, the layout and design of restaurants, but if you could quickly just talk about what kind of questions are you getting from your restaurant clients and what kind of answers are you giving them?
1: Well, I mean, again, I'm not giving them very many answers. I'm really continuing to ask them questions. And the questions are about safety. How safe do you, do you feel this is going to be when, so what's interesting is there are a couple of different buckets here andrew one is we we're working on several projects that had not opened they're 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 either uh almost finished with construction or they're midway in construction so the good news there is that they still have money that they haven't deployed from their pre-opening expenses so that they 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 can um and then they've negotiated with their landlords to get uh free rent and get a runway so they're in a in a unique position where they can open at a lower occupancy. Some of the things that we're looking at. I mean, we're doing a food hall uh, up at Columbia University, and we've looked at um, social distancing measures in terms of spreading seating apart and possibly not putting in as many seats. Should we put in a little a little marketplace? Um, I think that the food halls. I'm jumping around a lot, but the the design is the natural evolution of how we're going to address this in the short term. You know, a a client still wants to buy this, the, the a hundred percent occupancy furniture. We're going to put it in storage. We're going to set it up. And we have done some floor plans where we have um, addressed the issue of uh, six foot distance with either every table is a deuce or we have a four top and then a deuce and then a four top. And we, we've looked at how we can, max out occupancy based upon uh, a six foot distance uh, from table to table. Um, So it's really not about answering it as much as it's a a continuation of the investigation of how, how we're going to address it in the short term. Um, And there are a couple of projects that we're doing that are in development that we've looked at measures of, how do we add possibly a sink at the front entrance? You know, uh, is it a ceremonial sink versus a hand sanitizer? And and there are certain things that we can do uh, to to mitigate that. Higher back banquettes uh, are are a really great device. What you guys have worked on or what Rockwell has done with uh, with the outdoor dining initiative is fantastic, and I I'm I'm proud. That uh, of what what Rockwell Group has done on that on on behalf of you guys and and um, your group. So it's it's a work in progress right now, That's and we're, we're 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 I'm excited about it. I'm optimistic. I have to be optimistic about it. Um, that that um, we have always this this industry has gotten better each time we've gotten punched in the face. Yeah. So.
0: Wasn't it Mike Tyson who said everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face? Yes. (laughs) Any last uh, tips or insights before we finish up?
1: Well, I think that, you know, the, the, the insight is really, I hope landlords are paying attention and I know that they're struggling just as much as the tenants who are paying rent and paying the bills, but we, this, this is a longer conversation, Andrew, but we, we were worried about the restaurant industry before COVID. Yeah. Um, you know, with escalating rents and the cost of running businesses, every time we got hired to do a new restaurant, I wanted to give the client a hug saying, thank you for your belief in opening up a restaurant, not just hiring us, but the, 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 the amount of, of strength and fortitude and vision and, and absolute blinders to take the risk to open up a restaurant. So, you know, restructuring deals in the future so that restaurants are not uh, struggling every single month uh, because the margins are so tight. How do we make it work for, for all parties involved so that there is a rainy day fund? Um, and I think that, that it's, it's just me as a business operator, not as a designer. You know, look, we've learned lessons each time we've had, uh, we've had these dips in the economy. Um, and we get better at how we address them. So hopefully this whole food chain is paying attention and and we'll address it. Uh, I know landlords have addressed it with some of our clients, and I'm I'm very glad to have seen that.
0: Well said. So if someone wants to get in touch with Glenn & Company, where do they find you?
1: Well, um, our website is uh, glennandcompany.com, all spelled out, G-L-E-N-A-N-D c-o-m-p-a-n-y.com uh instagram is uh you can follow me glenn coben it's uh, you'll see my garden um and then there's glenn and company which is a weird because there's some underscores in there but you might find us and if you're feeling up to it uh i wrote a cookbook uh, a couple of years ago an architect's cookbook and it it's a, it's a fun journey, uh, through, uh, restaurant design where each chapter. Andrew, do you have a copy of that, by the way? I know I do not. I, I know no, that, you know, I think we were going to, we were going to, I was going to hand it to you at Eisenberg's for breakfast one day. Huh. Um, but, uh, each chapter is a restaurant that my firm has designed and it talks a little bit about the process because I love working with chefs. They're super, super creative. Uh, so it talks a little bit about the process. There's no controversy. There's no behind the scenes. Oh, you know, I saw this, uh, some sketches, photographs of the finished restaurant and then each chef. And we just know how, how super, um, uh, um, you know, how generous chefs are. So each chef has contributed a recipe from that restaurant. So it's kind of a fun, uh, uh, kooky cookbook because it has some weird recipes from Romera and it has some cocktail recipes from Batard. And it's, um, I've cooked a few recipes from it, but, uh, Excellent. It's, well, you a, can it's a fun project.
0: Pick the stuff from your garden and cook some of the recipes. So, say exactly Glenn, right. as always, good to see you. Good talking. Thanks, Thanks for, sure for your insights. This is Glenn Coben, founder of Glenn & Company. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. I'd like to give a big thank you to our guests for coming in. I want to thank everyone for listening to Hospitality and Politics, powered by the New York City Hospitality Alliance. Please rate, review, share this show with anyone you think that would like it. You can find us on Instagram and on Twitter, at the NYC Alliance. We're on Facebook and LinkedIn, New York City Hospitality Alliance. And I'm your host, Andrew Riggi, and I'm at Twitter at andrew ridge and Instagram political foodie nyc. Join our movement, support the New York City Hospitality Alliance, find us, thenycalliance.org. We'll talk to you next time.